0: When you read a fairy tale, uh, it it often ends, and they all lived happily ever after, and uh, that is uh, often how a a, a kid's story is ended, that there's this uh, idea that you get to a certain point and then everything is roses from that point onwards. And uh, as we get older, as we become grown-ups, we start to realise that life is no fairy tale, uh, that there is... No happily ever after but we still all dream of better days ahead we all dream of um, uh, you know better family situations we all dream of uh, maybe getting married maybe having kids maybe having dreams for our kids uh, we dream what jobs we might want uh, and dream about where we would want to live uh, and uh, for a lot of people they just dream of being free or being able to have the lives they want to live uh, and um, this was the case for the Israelites uh, because in the time of Moses uh, in Exodus uh, they start out, they are actually slaves in Egypt and uh, so they were really dreaming of best times ahead but they also had uh, a promise that had been given them uh, 400 years earlier of a promised land and so they were dreaming of this promised land and God had a plan for the Israelites and God has a plan for us Uh, and uh, he promised them the promised land and we believe that we are heading for better times. Uh, I think that's a a common belief Uh, and that's not just for us uh, as a church, that's for us as a nation. Uh, Back in April last year the Queen said this, While we have faced challenges before, this one is different. This time we will join with all nations across the globe in a common endeavour, using the great advances of science and our instinctive compassion to heal. We will succeed and that success will belong to every one of us. We should take comfort that while we may have still more to endure, better days will return. We will be with our friends again we will be with our families again. We will meet again. And so as a nation, we do have this hope of better days ahead. And uh and it is a hope. We don't know that it's all going to work out. But uh I think we have this uh this trust that it will uh it will be that way. You know, it's not the first time in human history we've had uh pandemics, uh we had the Spanish flu, which is obviously before our lifetime, but, uh, or most of our lifetimes, but it, it comes and then humanity learns to cope with it and we, and we move on. So we trust that we are going to, to move on. But there's another hope that we have, and this one is assured, and, uh, and this is our happily ever after. It is coming, a happily ever after, and it's not a fairy tale, but it's a fulfilled life with no more death. In Revelation 21, uh, at the the end of the book, it says this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. So we have this hope that actually is assured that we are going to have eternity with God. We know it's coming. Uh, and uh, so we have two hopes that we are looking forward to. The Israelites had a hope of the promised land. We have a hope of life beyond the pandemic. But we also have a hope as God's people of eternity with him. And that is what this series is going to be about. It's about this journey from before to afterwards and uh we are starting with the crossing of the red sea and uh, so i'm going to start with this album in the u2 album in 2000 all you can't leave behind this was named uh before setting out on a journey so the actual album cover is uh the charter Gaulle airport in france and uh all you can't leave behind was about uh Having those things that you carry within you, the the things that are in your heart, in your mind, your thoughts, your soul, it's setting out on that, it's not carrying all the stuff with you. And the song Walk On has these lyrics, walk on, walk on, what you got they can't steal it, no they can't even feel it, walk on, walk on so they're setting this scene of going on this journey with what's within you now the band wanted to get back to their roots because they had just come off the back of a tour uh, the pop Mart tour which had cost two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a day to put on and it included a one hundred foot golden arch and a forty foot rotating mirrorball lemon that the band emerged from from the encore they'd gone from sort of absolutely ridiculous, over the top showmanship and they were like, actually guys, we need to get back to what we're all about. There's another journey uh, and uh, so the 1994 film, uh, Shawshank Redemption, shows things slightly differently and it's a contrast, this is, a contrast between having hope versus being absolutely hopeless. Uh, and that hope and have, about having hope, being hopeless, that being in prison makes you institutionalize and you start fearing the very freedom that you might hope for so it 's uh, uh, yeah completely different to willingly leaving everything behind it 's having a fear of leaving stuff behind so in Exodus thirteen and fourteen, when the Israelites uh, came to cross the Red Sea. They were leaving behind everything they knew. So everything they've lived in. So this was generations, they have been there for 400 years. Everything they knew they were leaving behind. And there's some security in that. they have become institutionalised as slaves within Egypt. And uh, so stepping out across the Red Sea, there's this hope, this longing for freedom. But there's also a fear of what that freedom might bring. And uh, we heard back in September about crossing the Red Sea being a little bit like baptism. And the Israelites, when they were given baptism, would have understood the symbology of it. Uh, But you go into the water as a a people who are slaves and you come out on the other side as a people who are free. And uh, and the Bible calls baptism uh, dying to our old self. There is an absolute cutting off when the sea closed behind them, their old lives were cut off uh, and it's it's easy in our lives to see that there are things that are wrong that we need to to leave behind uh, uh, we all have habits that we know are bad that we want to put right we all have things that we have done that we are sorry for uh, it's a little bit trickier when some things start to creep into our lives when we know we're doing we're living in the right way but things still seem to creep in and suddenly You realise that you've developed a new bad habit. And uh, so it's a bit trickier, but you might still recognise it and want to put it right. But I think it's really hard when actually you've got things in your life that are good things. But actually God says it's time to leave them behind. But if we're going to step into a new season, that does mean that there's an old season that's got to be left behind. And uh, yeah, that's tough. Now, we had a neighbour, I've shared this before, but we had a neighbour, she had a tree. This tree was starting to die, so it was losing limbs in bad weather. And uh, the neighbour was fearful that uh, it was going to cause someone an injury. And this tree was on the border between her front garden and our front garden. And uh, she was an older lady, so uh, we called um, Terry. And Terry came and he sorted the tree out and got rid of the, the tree. And uh, I promised the neighbour that I would plant a new tree next to where the old tree had been, uh, so there was something there. But we didn't get the stump out. We uh, we uh, didn't really want to go to what was required to do that. And the old stump kept, uh, shoots kept coming up out of it. And uh, so the, the new tree was really struggling. It just looked like a stick. Uh, you know had a couple of leaves on it uh, so we knew it was alive but it didn't really take off and I kept having to go out every couple of months and cut off shoots coming off the old stump and uh, and cutting it back and uh, putting poison on it to try and kill it Uh, and repeatedly had to do that for probably about a year and then last last year uh, we sort of come out of the winter, and there were no new shoots, and the, the new tree last year started to grow. It no longer just looked like it was barely alive, it's actually started to grow, but it would only grow once we killed off the old one, because the old one stood a massive root system, and it's sucking all the goodness out of the soil, so the new tree had nothing to feed on. So we've uh, we've overcome that now. I also have in my garden a rose. Now anyone who's a gardener, will we'll know this, but every every winter, I am really brutal with this rose, and I cut it right back to uh, the sort of the core of of the plant, uh, letting it shape itself. It's a climbing rose, so I, you know I keep certain bits, but I cut it right back, and every year it comes back strong and beautiful. So, come June time, it will be full of white flowers, uh, and. Um, that is, that is life as, as a gardener, and I'm no gardener, but uh, that's the, the only gardening I do. But, uh, you know, that is, that is uh, what gardening, a lot of gardening is about, is you have to get rid of the old in order for the, the new to come. And we've had words as a church. David gave us the onion word about being stripped back. Joy gave us the word about the, the aeroplane being upside down and things falling away from us. And uh, so we've had words as a church, about leaving things behind, about letting go, and we've just finished with Terry. This whole series about new wine skins, and the whole point with a new wine skin is the old wine skin is no longer fit for purpose. Uh, and so, as we enter into a new season, we've got to ask ourselves, what is it that God is telling us to leave behind? The 1998 film, The Prince of Egypt, shows the crossing of the Red Sea wonderfully. It shows them helping each other and none getting left behind. Now, the Bible only tells us that the pursuing army of the Egyptians was killed in the Red Sea. It doesn't tell us that all the Israelites made it, but I think we can assume that they did. It doesn't detail that any of them that got lost in the Red Sea as they crossed it. So we can assume that all the Israelites made it across. The Bible tells us as well that 600,000 men crossed the Red Sea. So if 600,000 men crossed the Red Sea, I think it's safe to assume that probably 600,000 women crossed the Red Sea. And then there would have been children on top of that. So I think it's also safe to assume that in excess of a million people crossed the Red Sea. The highest estimates put it over three million, but there's a lot of people that crossed the Red Sea. I think it's also safe to assume that Moses didn't personally help each one across, that they helped each other. So the crossing of the Red Sea wasn't down to one man. It was down to all of them helping each other. The other week uh, on Facebook, on social media, uh, Pete Gregg posted this. Churches which flourish on the other side of this pandemic won't necessarily be the ones that created the best content during the crisis, but rather those that engendered a sense of belonging throughout the isolation of this season. Never in my lifetime have so many people simultaneously been so hungry for encouragement and love. Simple acts of kindness and thoughtfulness are likely to echo in many hearts for years to come. For those of us attempting to lead in this difficult situation, let us remember that that the call to pastor is not to perform, to preach or God help us to manage programs. The call to pastor is to lay ourselves down daily for others and anyone can do this. It is to listen, to bind up broken hearts, to go the second mile and above all else, it is a call to pray diligently for those entrusted into our, our care. So that's what Pete Greg wrote uh, a couple of weeks ago. Now, right now, we all need a little bit of help. So we've just uh, seen the Marquez family and uh, Rui's at home. Uh, uh, Carolina is at home, Camilla's obviously out at school, and uh, so Sonia at work a couple of hours a day. But, uh, you know, there's isolation there, uh, but all of us are in our own different world of isolation. We're all stuck in situations, so, I do get to work, but it's a, it's a weird work. Uh, um, Sarah barely leaves the house apart from a walk each day. So we all know that we are isolated. And it, it's not just down to Gary. Gary is not, hasn't got the time or the capacity to be phoning everybody up each day and seeing how they're doing. And it's not just down to the leadership of the church. It's actually down to each and every one of us. So we are one big church family. Uh, We are one community and we need to be looking out for each other. And we all know that there are people who are struggling. So uh, some of us are doing okay, but we're all having our moments. We are definitely all having our moments, but we can all reach out to someone. It doesn't take a lot of effort to pick up the phone and call one person a day or one person a week or to run round a meal or to go for a walk or to drop a pe- uh, postcard or a letter. Um, and we can all reach out a little bit. And that is something that we need to be doing at the moment. And uh, uh, I know that we all know this, but I think it's good to remind ourselves that if we're going to all come out on the other side, we need to be reaching out for each other and uh, and, and looking out for those, uh, uh, particularly the ones that we are aware of. So if God's putting someone on your heart then, then give them a call or drop them a postcard or ask them if they want to go for a walk. Uh, and hopefully, like the Queen said uh, in her message last April, we will all meet again. And finally, uh, i show you this uh, wonderful place. When the new Wembley Stadium was built, the old one had to make way for it. Uh, there was outcry at losing the famous Twin Towers. Uh, and and possibly losing that famous Wembley Roar. But um, in the end, uh, the towers were crushed. They were put in the substructure of the new stadium and the old one was taken away. But there was one significant feature that uh, they wanted kept. Uh, So where other venues, uh, when when a a competition is won, they'll set up a little stage on the pitch and the trophy is presented. At Wembley, uh, the tradition was that you go up the steps to the Royal Box and that is where you receive the trophy. Symbolically, you're among the fans. Obviously, you're not. You're amongst the dignitary in the Royal Box. But you're up in the stands receiving the trophy. And that is something they wanted kept. And that is something that has been designed into the new stadium to echo the old. And... uh, uh, With all this leaving behind, it can seem very brutal that it's all in the past, that it's gone, that uh, it is no more. But actually, uh, leaving the past behind doesn't mean that we we have to forget it. In uh, Leviticus uh, chapters 23 to 25, God actually sets out for the Israelites some feasts for them to remember uh, the past. And actually, significantly, it's remembering things that God did for the Israelites or did with the Israelites. So it's not so-and-so built this house and so-and-so did that. It's actually God did this. Uh, and uh, and so there's these feasts that God gives them to remember what he's done. But also when certain things happened, like the crossing of the Jordan, uh, when they get to the other side, they build a pile of stones uh, to mark the place, to remember the place. And throughout the Old Testament, you'll read that uh, when certain things happened, they, uh, they built a pile of stones to remember it. So there's a marker there. Why is, why is this pile of stones here? Oh, that's because that's when God did this. And uh, it's, a, it's a saying that uh, Winston Churchill said, among others. I'm not going to do, uh, attribute this quote to him because I know I'll get it wrong. But if uh, those that fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Uh, so learning from our past is important. Now we have a rich history and so we don't want to be forgetting it. So in all this talk that I've just said about moving on and leaving the past behind, that doesn't mean that we forget it because our past is our heritage, our past is where we've come from. We as a church have great stories of what God has done as a past. We as a family have great stories of what God has done as a past and I as an individual have great stories of what God has done in my past. So... In none of this am I saying that we forget about it. But what I am saying is we need to be prepared to let go of things and to move on. So I'm going to summarise now that uh, stepping into the new also means that we need to let go or be prepared to let go of the old. So if you're going to say anything, Lord, and mean it, that doesn't just mean that you're prepared to do something new, but it also means you're prepared to let go of the old. Second thing is, we're all in this together, so who are you looking out for? Who is God putting on your heart or on your mind today? Who is he going to wake you up in the night thinking of that you need to give a call tomorrow? But be prepared that God will do that and then act on it. And finally, let's remember those stories that have got us here because our history and how we've got here is important for how we carry on in the future.